Thank you very much for leading us in that song service this evening. Isn't it great to be able to come together and to sing these songs and to encourage one another? It just builds us up in the most holy faith. And I really appreciate uh, the song service and appreciate you. I'm sure this gentleman here can lead or sing a solo. Uh, the wonderful thing is he didn't have to do that. You join in so well. And what a joy it is to be able to be with you. I express again my appreciation to you and uh, to the congregation for the invitation that you've extended to me to be with you this week. What a joy it is to be able to assemble, to study the Bible. Paul said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Bible tells us in the book of Hosea, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Peter tells us, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. And so that's what we are endeavoring to do in this gospel meeting. I, I, you've got this clock back here. I can see that, uh, you know, and it, I can see it's pretty visible. But it reminded me of the lady, there, the, she came in this, and she agitated the preacher. As a matter of fact, the preacher had called the elders together, and he said, Now, uh, this lady is, just kind of agitates me a little bit. And they said, Well, what's going on? He said, Well, every Sunday morning, about 15 minutes into my sermon, he said, She'll, uh, she'll, she'll start looking at her watch. And he said, uh, Then in a few minutes after that, she'll, uh, she'll kind of hit it to see if it's working. And then, in a few minutes, she'll put it up to her ear, see if she can hear it. And then, she'll, the clock, just like you've got back there, he said, she'll turn around and, and see. And he said, that just kind of gets on my nerves. The elder said, don't worry about it, we'll take care of it. So what they did, they took the clock down off of the wall back there, and they put up a picture of the preacher. Next Sunday morning, sure enough, service began. Preacher's preaching about 15 minutes into the sermon. You know, she kind of looks at her watch, and then she taps on it, and, and then she puts it up to her ear. And then, of course, she does, she, and she kind of did a double take. And she said, I will declare they've taken down time and put up eternity. And so, uh, <laughs> you know... It just uh, may sometimes... Brother uh, Alan Webster, I remember him telling this was kind of interesting one time. You know, sometimes, and I'm sure this doesn't happen here, but uh, there are times when folks will go to sleep uh, during a service. And uh, so uh, Brother Alan was telling about one time a fellow uh, had a problem with the congregation. They'd go to sleep, and so he was trying to help them to stay awake and take notes. So what he did is he bought a notepad for every member of the congregation. And so when they would come in on Sunday, then he would give them that notepad so they could take notes. So one Sunday, there was a lady who was visiting, and she got in. She, of course, didn't have a notepad. And when she came in the auditorium, she saw, you know, and all this going on, and she sat down on a pew kind of in the back, and she saw the fellow in front of her, you know, and she thought, what's going on? And she thought, what, what is he doing? And she kind of peeked over the, over the pew to look and see. And he was writing, don't go to sleep, don't go to sleep, don't go to sleep. So maybe we're not. Turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. In the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, the Bible says, Now then faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. 
Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God and the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. The Bible says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. The Bible says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death because he was not found because he was translated. But he had this testimony before he was translated that he pleased God. The Bible then tells us that faith, by, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then verse number 7 of Hebrews chapter number 11, the Bible says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness by faith. Now, when you and I look at Hebrews chapter 11, we understand this great chapter on the subject of faith. When you now think about the subject of faith, for an example, it's interesting when you uh, study the Bible, search the scriptures on uh, the word faith, you're going to find several things. In the book of James, for an example, James chapter number 2, uh, you're going to find three different kinds of faith in the second chapter of the book of James. Uh, one of those is a dead faith. James chapter number 2, the Bible says faith without works is dead. There is a dead faith. Now, a person may, you know, and then I think when you look at it, you see not only that dead faith, but there is a demonic faith. Remember what the Scriptures tell us in James chapter number 2? The Bible says, The devils believed and trembled. Demonic faith. There are folks that, whoa, uh, you know, all you've got to do to be saved is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Uh, and they'll quote Acts chapter number 16 and uh, they'll say that's all you've got to do. Well, the Bible tells us in James 2 that the devils believed and trembled. And so you have the dead faith, you have the demonic faith, but then in addition to that you have a dynamic faith in James chapter number 2. The Bible says, Show me your faith without your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. So when you and I look at this subject of faith, I think of Ephesians chapter number 2. The Bible tells us, if it, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm not a Greek scholar, of course, but uh, I understand from those who have studied Ephesians chapter number 2, when the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that, that, that literally it is the system of faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. When you and I think about Ephesians chapter number 2, and I think about grace as well, in the book of Titus chapter number 2, the Bible says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. When I look at Titus chapter number 2, and I see what the, Paul writes, and he says, Now, uh, the grace of God that brings us salvation hath appeared unto all men. Uh, I like to draw, I like to take a box 
And right in the middle of that box, there are three words that I like to put. Now, one of those words uh, is the word uh, learning. Listen to this. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. So I like to put the word learning uh, inside that box. Now on the outside of the box, I'm going to put the word redeem. I'm going to put the word uh, purified. I'm going to put that word uh, justified all the way around that box. But on the inside of it, I'm going to put that word learning, teaching us that denying ungodliness, I'm going to put the second word of living inside that box teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Then the third word I'm going to put in there is the word looking. Looking for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. When you and I think of that great word of grace, now I, I'm sure that all of you, if I were to say, okay, uh, I'm going to give you a test tonight. Here's a piece of paper. Uh, what is grace? Well, all of us are going to say uh, grace is unmerited favor. Grace is something God has given to us uh, that you and I do not deserve. Grace is precious, ladies and gentlemen. Let me illustrate just a little bit. Um, when I was in school, I, I, and I hate to say this now, uh, if you have children, kind of cover up their ears. Young people don't listen to what I, just kind of take your vacation for a few minutes. I didn't like school. Uh, I mean, I went because I knew if I didn't, uh, I would get in trouble. I, I have this unique, uh, for an example, I got a paddling my last day of high school. I was, I was in class. And the, and the vice principal, he, as a matter of fact, he was a gospel preacher. Uh, we had, it was a large school. He came to, he came to class, and, and, and Miss Caballero, I was in, it was a chemistry class. She motioned for me to come out, and I go out in the hall, and uh, I, I didn't call him Brother Butler at school, I guess. I might have said Mr. Butler. But anyway, uh, Brother Butler said, uh, Larry, we've got a problem. And I said, well, what are we talking about? And he said, well... Um, Today's the last day of school, and you have detentions uh, on your... And he said, you cannot graduate from high school with detentions on your record. Well, a detention meant you stayed 45 minutes after class for three days. I had three of them. And he said, you, you, you know, today's the last day of school. There's nothing... I, you, we don't have time to serve. I said, well, what are we going to do? He said, well, the only thing I can say is we're going to have to paddle them off. Uh, so I said, okay. So uh, he said, well, go down and line up there at the uh, boys' uh, bathroom, which I did. And so I got 18 licks my last day of high school. But now, uh, the point I want to make is grace. I did, not, I did not like school. I didn't do well for a long time in school. And I was walking down the hall one day. I want to illustrate grace. I was walking down the hall one day, and the English teacher was standing in the doorway of her class, and as I went down the hall, she said, she stopped me. She said, Larry, come in. Now, I want to tell you, though, we've got teachers here tonight. When a teacher calls you into the classroom and closes the door, uh, you're kind of in trouble. And so she came in the classroom, and she said, I hate, I hate to see you do what you're doing to yourself, but she said, Larry, you have failed junior, I was a junior. She said, you failed junior English. 
She said, do you know what that means? I said, no, ma'am, I, 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 don't, I don't know what that means. She said, well, let me tell you what it means. It means that you're not going to be able to graduate with your class because we do not offer junior English in summer school. Therefore, you're going to have to stay an extra year to take junior English and then uh, senior English. You can't take senior until you take junior. But she said, I'm going to tell you something. She said, here's what I'm going to do. I want you to write me a one-page theme on any subject you want to write on. I don't care what it is. One page, you write it and you bring it to me. And she said, I'm going to give you a grade high enough that will bring your average up from a D to, or from an F to a D. And you won't have failed junior English. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. That's grace. I did not deserve that. I had not done the work. I did not deserve what this teacher was doing for me. Her name was I.K. Snyder, Miss I.K. Snyder. Uh, several years later, was driving through Chattanooga, stopped and looked up her number. Uh, got, I got it somewhere and I gave her a call because I wanted to thank this lady for what she did. She took me out of a situation. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The grace of God that bringeth salvation. And so when you and I look at this and we look at the subject of faith and we see what Hebrews chapter number 11 tells us and we see uh, what James chapter number 2, but now that's not all. When you go to the book of Romans, chapter number 1, there are four kinds of faith in Romans chapter number 1. If you have a Bible, uh, turn back over there to Romans chapter number 1, uh, and as you, verses number 8 down through verse number 17. The apostle Paul writes to the church at Rome, and notice what he says to them in verse number 8. He said, I thank my God for you always... Because he said, your faith is spoken of throughout the world. And so what you see in this passage of Scripture, I call this a converting faith. A faith that motivates, a faith that moves, a faith that causes you and I to do the will of God. Romans 10 verse 17 the Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You're familiar with this passage of Scripture. The Bible says, how shall they call upon him? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? That you and I recognize that faith comes as a result of hearing the word of God. So we find in Romans chapter number 1 a converting faith. Now skip down to verse number 12. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 12. Paul said that I may be comforted with you, and he talks about this. He uses the word mutual. He said with you, by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, that word mutual means common. When you and I look at this, and he says now, in Romans chapter number 1, we have a, we have a converting faith. But then he uses that word mutual. We have a common faith. You know, it's interesting because there was a time when you and I didn't matter. I mean, you go back maybe 15, 20 years, um, maybe even longer than that in some cases. Um, I don't, are y'all aware there used to be a book? I, you probably, you've probably forgotten all. There used to be a book. It was about that thick. Now, where I lived, it was about that thick. It was called the Yellow Pages. Y'all ever heard of that? 
Uh, and so, you know, you go somewhere on a trip, you're staying in a motel, and, and or you just simply go somewhere, maybe to a phone. Y'all know, y'all know what a phone booth is? You know, it's Superman changed clothes in that thing. But anyway, uh, you know, you'd go to a phone booth or you would go to the motel and you'd get that little big old yellow book, you know, that the yellow pages and you'd go to the Church of Christ and there would be a whole list of them. Well, just pick you out one. I was in uh, Las Vegas one time. Uh, we needed some money to pay for our building and so anyway, I went out there from the... <laughs> no. <laughs> At any rate, it was in Las Vegas. There was a group of fellows with me. And uh, I told them, I said, look, don't worry, I'll find the congregation to attend. So surely on Sunday morning, uh, we got in a car and we went to this church building. And when we got to the building, we it was a small building. We got to the building. There was about 10, 15 folks in there. Uh, there were seven or eight of us. And I noticed when I walked in, there was a, a piano over in the corner. And uh, the preacher came up, and whoa, man, we're doubling his congregation. He's thrilled to death. And uh, I saw, I said, sir, we're in the wrong place. Well, he said, we won't use it if you'll stay. I said, no, I'm, we're not going to stay. He said, well, I know where you, I know where you, and he gave me the direction uh, to the uh, congregation, and we went over there that day. And um, I, What was that? Ray Walker. Ray Walker was leading, leading singing uh, in that congregation uh, that Sunday. But at any rate, the point I'm trying to help you and say, you and I find today that we cannot do that anymore. It, you cannot take, you cannot go on the inner, you can say, well, here are the churches of Christ, but here's an interesting thing, because when you locate those and you may attend, they, they may be wearing the name Church of Christ, but they do not have, ladies and gentlemen, that common faith. Our daughter went to New York. She was going to New York for business. And I said, April. Uh, go to the Manhattan. I've always heard of the Manhattan. As a matter of fact, uh, I was telling Brother Mark today, Brother Burton Kaufman, who preached for many years uh, for the Manhattan Church and had written the commentaries uh, at one time. And so anyway, I told her, I said, April, uh, I've always heard about the Manhattan Church of Christ. While you're there, attend, go to the Manhattan Church. On Sunday afternoon, I called her. I said, April, did you go to my... She said, Dad, I'll talk to you about it later. There's some others with her. Here's what she said. She said, when we went to Bible class, the preacher who taught the Bible class was saying, we don't use women enough in our worship assembly. Then when worship began, women were serving the audience with the Lord's Supper. They were leading in prayer. She and her husband got up left. She wrote a note and handed it to one of the ushers. And she said in that note, if you're not going to practice New Testament Christianity, take the name Church of Christ off your building. Now, I just illustrate this to help us see something, folks. The Bible says, Paul says, there is a mutual faith. There is a common faith that you and I should be able to go to the holy pages of the, of the Bible, of the, the holy book, and we need to understand when we read the Scripture that the Bible has identified the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is no misunderstanding, ladies and gentlemen, about what the Bible says about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we find in James, we have a dead faith, a demonic faith, a dynamic faith, when you come to the book of Romans, chapter number 1, you have a converting faith. 
you have a common faith, and you continue to read in that chapter, if you'll remember, uh, Paul said, I'm a debtor both to the uh, Greek and to the barbarians, to the wise and to the unwise. I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome also. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, the gospel, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That is a communicating faith. I communicate my faith to you. You and I, when we are encouraging others to become children of God, to obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you and I are communicating the message, that we are taking the message of the Bible. And so there is a communicating faith because the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And then, notice what he says in the latter part of that verse. He makes this statement. He says, the just shall live by faith. That's a consecrated faith. So when you and I look at Hebrews chapter 11, we see all the, what the Bible says, and, and we start out with, with Abel and Enoch, and then we see uh, Noah, and then we see uh, Abraham, and we see Sarah, and we see Jacob, and we see Moses. And we, uh, you know, the Bible says Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the children of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Based on what, folks? Based on faith. Now then, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, when you and I look at this, I want you to, I'm going to, I'm going to zero in on Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 7. Now, look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness by faith. Now, when you look at that, you and I, there, there are four things that I see contained in verse number 7 of Hebrews chapter number 11. Now, watch this. Because the Bible says, Now, by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen. Have you ever wondered what it was that he had not seen? Being warned of God of things not seen as yet? Well, we're not going to focus on that this evening. But I want you to see this, number one, that Noah's faith involved the whole man. Now watch this. The Bible says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. When you and I look at this, there are three things here. Number one is, notice the Bible says, Noah being warned of God... That's his intellect. That's his intellect. He was warned of God. We, you, you, everyone here, I'm sure can quote Romans 10 and verse 17, in which you know the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God said, Noah, here is what I want you to do. Go back to the book of Genesis chapter number 6. And the Bible says, you know, he repented God that I made man. Now I'm going to, uh, I'm going to destroy man off the face of the earth. I like it when God butts in. Remember what Genesis chapter number 6 says? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
I like it. First Corinthians 10, number 13. Uh, and the Bible says, But there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God will with that temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And so when you look at Hebrews chapter number 11, the Bible says, By faith, Noah being warned of God. And so here is the intellect. Now, watch this. The Bible said, By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. There's emotion. Now, I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I wouldn't give you a, a, a half million dollars for someone whose faith is simply based on intellect. Well, somebody said, well, well what are they covering? Well, we got to know that. Yeah, we got to know the Bible. Listen to this. There are, there are plenty of individuals in our world tonight who can quote, book, who can quote the Bible. The devil quoted the Bible, didn't he? Scripture. Oh, as the Scripture says, our Lord, Matthew chapter number 4. So if you and I are looking just on this concept of intellect, and the Bible says that Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, he moved with fear. Now, I wouldn't give you a million dollars for a faith based simply on intellect. Now, but not only that, I wouldn't give you a million dollars based on a faith simply on emotion. Oh, Brother Cuff, if you could just hear our preacher. He is so emotional. And it just... Huh? Watch. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. See, there are some folks who have the idea. I remember Jack and I were studying the Bible with a couple one time. We had gone, I've used for years, I've used the Jewel Miller videos. I've started using that in uh, 1962, and I've all, I still use it. I carry it set with me almost uh, all the time. And so we had studied the Bible with this couple, and I'll never forget, uh, I'd gone through these five videos. I'd tried to help him understand and his wife, uh, they need to obey the gospel of Christ. And I remember we were going out, we were in the kitchen, he was standing by the couch, and here's what he said to me. He said, Brother Acuff, when I feel it right here, then I'll do it. Feeling? You see, folks, let me, have, you ever, have you ever cut down a tree? I'm not much, I'm, I've never cut down a tree without a, probably having a, one of these chainsaws, but I didn't even, I wouldn't use that. I wouldn't know what to do with it. But anyway, when you think about emotion, if you're going to, if you're standing by a tree and somebody comes along and they'll say to you, uh, are you going to cut the, oh yeah, I'm going to cut it down. When are you going to cut it down? Well, as soon as I start sweating, I'm going to cut the tree down. Really? What happens when you start cutting, you start sweating. What does the Bible tell us? In Acts chapter number 8, when the uh, man from Ethiopia learned the truth, obeyed the gospel, when did he go on his way rejoicing? After he was obedient. See, so this concept of emotion, there are those individuals, and, and they put everything in that concept. Have you ever been to a thrift store? My wife and I, there was a thrift store down on uh, Jonesboro, Georgia, there on the outskirts of Atlanta. Every Wednesday, they sold every item of clothing for 99 cents. And so twice a year, I'd go down there and buy my wardrobe. I'd go down there and get me one of these garbage bags, these black garbage, you know. I'd go down there and, and, and I could buy anything. I'd have 99 cents. Of course, it was all used, which was fine, but it, it looked great. There's a thrift store in uh, Lithia Springs. That store 
sold, but anyway, there was a thrift store in Lithia Springs. Janet and I went. If you've ever been to one, now, ladies, you know what? They'll have rows and rows of ladies' clothing, but there'll only be one or two of men's. And it didn't take me but about 45 seconds to find out there wasn't anything there that I was interested in. So I'm just kind of standing back waiting on Janet to uh, finish up her shopping. And, uh, you know, it takes ladies a little bit longer. They've got to go through 200 dresses, and they'll figure it out. And so I'm standing over here like this, and this fellow comes up, and he stands by me, and he starts talking to me. And he starts, I don't know why, but he starts talking religion. And he, uh, we're standing there, and, and he said, uh, he said, you know, the Holy Spirit told me so-and-so. I forget now what he said. He said, the Holy Spirit told me so-and-so. I looked at him, and I said, sir, the Holy Spirit told me he didn't tell you that. <laughs> His eyes got about that big. In just a few minutes, he wandered away. The Holy Spirit told me through the Word of God He didn't tell him that. Because you and I know, see, He, he, he had this idea that the Holy Spirit has told me to do so and so. Now my, listen, folks, people will lie people, about religion. Go back to 1 Kings 13. You remember the prophet of God, do you not? And what happened to the prophet of God when he lost his life because this old prophet came out and he lied. He lied. And so when you and I look at this concept, the Bible says Noah being warned of God is of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Now what do we look? Intellect. The Bible says being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Number two, moved with fear. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but we we need to help folks understand the damnation of hell. You know, it's, well, now, Brother Acuff, uh, we don't want our people going away upset. Let me tell you, we need to upset a lot of people because we need to convict the guilty of sin that motivates them to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at Luke 16. The rich man lifted up his voice, being in torment. Seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom cried, Father Abraham, have mercy. You tell me there's not some emotion? Sure there's emotion. I was preaching at the East End Church in McMinnville, Tennessee. And the Sunday, it was a Sunday morning. And at the invitation, a gentleman came down the aisle. His wife was with him, sat down in the front seat. He, uh, Brother Gary Colley, was the preacher there at the time, and Gary took care of the uh, invitation, and, and he wanted to be baptized into Christ. After that baptism, we were conversing in the foyer, his wife said this to me. She said, Brother Acuff, I have been praying for 30 years for this evening, for this morning. You tell me there's not emotion involved when she sees her husband for whom she has been praying for 30 years to obey the gospel of Christ and he makes that decision to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. The blessings and the joy of heaven are tremendous. I do not want to be lost eternally. 
And so when you look at the Bible, and Noah being word of God of things not seen as yet, moved with, there's emotion in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that emotion comes because the Lord Jesus Christ died in order that we can be saved. But now watch this. Noah being word of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark. You've got intellect, emotion, and will. Those three. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes my emotion and my will don't get in sync. Has yours ever done that? See, because the alarm clock goes off in the morning and, and the will says, boy, you better get up. You've got stuff to do. The emotion says, you're crazy. I'm not getting out of here. This bed is nice and soft and warm, and I'm not going to get out of the bed. You can get up if you want to, but I'm not going to do it. That's the emotion. The will says. Intellect says, Larry, get out of that bed, son. Emotion says, don't you dare do that because it's warm and comfortable and, and just stay here. The will says, you guys can lay here and argue all you want to, but I'm going to get up and make some coffee. You and I, now watch what took place in Hebrews 11. It involved the whole man. That when you and I hear the message of the Bible, and then upon hearing the Word of God, we understand the blessing of going to heaven, or we understand the damnation of eternal hell. And our will says, I am going to do it. I am. Uh, Again, the personal illustration, I just maybe help a little bit. Uh, I was learning to fly an airplane several years ago. And I don't know how much you know about flying, but uh, in order to fly an airplane, there are several things you've got to learn how to do. Number one, you've got to learn how to recover from a stall. Now, here's what a stall is. There's two kinds. There's a, a power-on, power-off stall. Power-on stall is going to be when you're taking off because you've got your full power. Power-offs going to be landing. The instructor said, Larry, we're going to do stalls today. So we go up about five to 7,000 feet. And he said, now here's what, I want you to pull the power. Just pull that power. Pull the stick back and, pull, and get the nose in an upright position, just like this right here. When it starts shaking, then you, 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 kind of, you put the stick, level your wings, uh, well, I'm going to tell you something, folks. When I did that, scared the living daylights out of me. I've got that stick back, and that plane's up like that, and it starts shaking. I don't level the wings. I take that, I take that stick, and, man, I just push it to the firewall. Well, when I do that, guess what happened? Now I'm going this way. <laughs> he looked at me, and he said, You better do something. I did. He taught me how to level the wings. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what the will does. You better do something. You may be thinking, you, you, you may be saying to yourself, I know the Bible teaches me that I, I need to be faithful in the kingdom of God. I need to, I, I've not lived right and I, I've been baptized, but I, I need to respond to the invitation. I need the prayers of the church. I need to obey the gospel through faith and be baptized into Christ for the remission of sin. And and, and, and the intellect said, this is what you need to do. And the emotions say, well, I, 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 so. and the will says, do it. Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, 
prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Secondly, his faith not only involved the whole man, but listen to this. Being warned of God of things not to move before, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world. He indicted the world. The Bible says, now listen to that verse again. Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the same day, by which he condemned the world. The world doesn't want to be condemned. You and I, in our life today, there are those, they, they do not want you to speak about the things of righteousness down in uh, Titusville, Florida, this has been probably two or three years ago, I read an article about there was a university uh, down there and there was a teacher at the university. And she, here's what she had the students do. She had the students, she wanted, she took take a sheet of paper and write the name Jesus on this sheet of paper. Put that on the floor and stomp on it. The world doesn't love those who are righteous. The Bible says this, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. 1 Peter 5, 8, the Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. The Bible tells us that the devil has transformed himself. First, uh, Second Corinthians uh, chapter number eleven. The devil has transformed himself into a minister of light. Why? Because he wants to deceive. When you and I look at Matthew chapter seven, we did this earlier, uh, and the Bible talks about uh, they come to you in sheep's clothing. That is the devil. When you and I listen to Jesus, listen to what he said. Our Lord Jesus Christ said this to you and I in the Sermon on the Mount. He says that you and I are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. You and I are the light of the world. He said a, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. Yeah, I mean, you set a light on a hill. Men don't put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, those of us who are Christians, we must let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has... Watch this. If the salt has lost its savor... It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. My example and the way I live my life every day should be an example of the fact that Jesus Christ is living in me. Christ in you, Paul said, the hope of glory. Paul said, I'm dead, nevertheless I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life that I now live. My friend, you and I, will indict the world. It's not easy. You're laughed at, ridiculed. You and I are going to face in the coming years, I'm, I hate to say this, but it seems, this is my observation, in the coming years, we're going to face situations where that churches, persecution is going to come upon the righteous. So look at Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, nor being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, 
by which he condemned the world. But now then look at the third thing. Not only did he involve the whole man, not only did he indict the whole world, but he included his whole family. Isn't that marvelous? The Bible says, by which he condemned the world. But then what did he do? He saved his family. That has gotten more difficult as the days go by. Ephesians chapter number 6. You're familiar with this. The Bible says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor the father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. When you and I know from the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. The essentiality of those of us who are Christians, that we live, ladies and gentlemen, that we live every day in and out of the house according to the will of God. The Bible says that he condemned the world and saved his family. There's a gospel preacher in the Detroit area. I've known him for many, many years. His name is David Fox. David is a, a fine gospel preacher. David was probably 12 years old. Uh, I was, David and I were close. His dad, uh, when his dad passed away and uh, there wasn't anybody, and he had to go downtown Detroit to identify. And I went down with David to identify uh, his dad's body. David just has a strong faith and a great gospel preacher. He was 12 years old, and his mother, he came home from school, uh, and his mother had, he found his mother dead uh, in the bathroom, 12 years old. They were from Gainesboro, Tennessee. Now, uh, if you're, if, and I know you're, I know I'm in Alabama, folks. I know I'm in Alabama. But if you are ever in Michigan and they talk to you about God's country, everybody knows that it is Gainesboro, Tennessee. That, I mean, that was the way it was. And so at any rate, uh, they were from Gainesboro, Tennessee. And David's dad said to David, after his mother passed away and had the service, he said, David, I think it would be good... If you and if we just moved back to Gainesboro, Tennessee, that it would be easier for you it would to, to live the Christian life there. David was a man that had wisdom far beyond his age. And he said this to his dad. He said, Dad, a man or a person or a boy can be good anywhere he lives if he chooses to. They stayed. He's been a gospel preacher in that area and done a great work many years. You see, folks, when you and I look at our families, it's difficult. It is difficult. Why? Because the influence of the world is a tremendous influence. And so when you and I read Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7, and, the, and we see that he involved the whole man, that he indicted the whole world, that he included his whole family, that you and I must do everything that we can. Now, they're free moral agents, and there may be a time... Think about this, folks. I believe it was Brother B.J. Clark uh, at a lectureship in Dalton, Georgia, several years ago. Uh, he spoke on the, on the fact that uh, children do not always remain faithful. And how so many times those of us who are parents, if you have children uh, and they don't remain faithful, how that hurts because you have tried to do everything you can to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But he pointed this out. He said, think about this. 
God's children whom he made, Adam and Eve, ate of the fruit that he said, Thou shalt die if you eat of it, and they ate of it. You and I, however, must do everything that we can to influence, to encourage, to save our family. Number four in Hebrews 11. And that is, the Bible says, He inherited. He inherited the reward. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Matthew chapter number 25. You remember the Bible tells us that there was one had five talents and master gave him five more. One had two, one had one. And the one that had the five, he came back and he said, I've gained five other talents. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. In the book of Revelation, chapter number 21, you remember John said, uh, I saw a new city coming down from God. Out of heaven is a bride adorned for angels. When you and I look at that, ladies and gentlemen, when we look at what Jesus said in John chapter number 14, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. and my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Boy, isn't that powerful? When you and I think, I love, I love the words of the Apostle Paul. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Paul said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, them also, uh, we're not going to... Paul's saying to those Thessalonians, those of you who are alive and remain will not prevent those who have gone on before. The Lord himself, he said, shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Then he said, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Is that not comforting? When you and I go to Revelation 21, verse 4, and the Bible says that He'll be our God, verse 3, and we'll be, there'll be no more night. The Bible says that the former things are passed away, no more death, neither crying nor sorrow. That's the reward. I think about Noah. 120 years. Now, I'll be honest and tell you, those of us who are preachers of the gospel... I've never had anyone, I've, I've never been mistreated by the church. I've never been mistreated by the brotherhood. I've been blessed. But when you and I see what must have taken place with this man Noah, the ridicule, when you think about those who would have laughed at him, oh, it's never right, and, and think about what he did for 120 years, he just kept going, and he just kept going, and he just kept going, and he just kept going. One day, wham, God closed the door on that ark, and it began to rain. My friend, listen to this. Tonight, you have an opportunity to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity tonight to rededicate your life to the cause of our Lord. The Bible says, Noah being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark 
to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world. My friend, will you tonight render your obedience to the gospel and do that now while together we stand and sing the invitations. Again, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. It is sad that we only have one more night of our gospel meeting tomorrow night. But the good thing is that we can, Lord willing, be here. And Lord willing, if you will bring somebody with you, we'll have the biggest crowd that we've had all week. Dale Jenkins used to say, 